And you wouldn't get it is back for episode nine. It's a big one. It's a very special one. And for episode nine, we are finally changing it up a little bit. We have brought on a very special guest. And Easton, take it away with the introduction and take it away with what we will be talking about. Absolutely. So we're we're getting deep and dark today, going through the outer realms of space. Uh, we got a special guest here, Caitlin Oliver, a avid lover of space. That's why we brought her on. So Kate, go ahead and introduce yourself and then let's get into it. I'm Caitlin. Nice to meet all the listeners. Um, we're going to talk about space today. We're pretty passionate about it, so we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. So I guess we should just start with our nearest neighbors in space, Mars. Christian, I'll start with you. What do you got on Mars? You think we're going to get there soon? What's the deal? Okay, yeah. So this is, uh, Mars is very interesting for a lot of reasons, mostly because this is the first time we've seen in a long time where there's actually kind of a semblance of some kind of space race going on. You have Boeing who has come out and said they want to get to Mars before Elon Musk gets to Mars. And obviously you also have NASA who's trying to get to Mars and their timelines are all over the place. You have NASA who is a little bit closer to 2030, they've projected. But then you also have Elon Musk saying he wants to get there by 2024, humans on Mars by 2024, which would mean they would have to leave in just a couple of years. So yeah, it's, uh, it's very intriguing to finally see another planet in our lifetime have humans inhabit it. Absolutely. Kate, what do you got on that? And you know, if one of these companies comes out and they're able to do it, are you jumping on that ship? Oh, I personally would not be jumping on the ship. I, you know, SpaceX trying to get there 2024, I would not be the first. I wouldn't say I would never go, but I would definitely not be the first. Mars is like freezing cold. You'd have to wear like a spacesuit. I don't know. And like the journey's six months, and I think I would freak out. So personally, yeah. no, but maybe someday, but not the first. Way ship. too cold. It would be be a little freaky on the spaceship. I will say, you know, if you got a good group of people to hop on the spaceship together oh, and maybe gosh. maybe a little six-month party on the way to Mars, I wouldn't be opposed oh, to it. Man. I'm just throwing that out there. What do you think you of that, Barzi? Are you hopping on? Nothing. There's nothing anyone could make me do to hop on a spaceship with you for six months. There's absolutely nothing. I just want you to know that you were absolutely not in that group, Christian. <laughs> no way in hell does that work out. I didn't Kate, want the invite. Kate's invited. You just stay on Earth, run your show around here. You seem to have things going for you. So, yeah, I mean, Mars is an interesting one. And like you said, there is somewhat of a space race because it's it's kind of realistic now. You know, you have uh, you have Elon Musk going on different podcasts and interviews talking about, you know, I, it's is it terraform? Is that the right word? How he plans on basically making Mars livable. And yeah. it's pretty much like nuclear bombing the planet of Mars to, I guess, create oxygen in some way that we can breathe and live. Um, all weird stuff that's way too advanced for me, but that's interesting. But yeah, well, it, not hopping yeah. on the ship. Well, it's interesting because Elon Musk has also come out and said that he doesn't envision the first humans who go to Mars as making it back. But then NASA has also said they want to make something where the humans can come back. So it's it's an interesting dynamic. And, I guess I don't really know who is further along. No one really knows who's further along at this point. No, no, not at all. 
moving on from that, we're going to now delve into life on other planets. So, Kate, we'll start with you here. Do you think there's life on other planets, and do you think it's close to us? My gut feeling is yes. I've always been, like, an advocate for that there has to be other life out there. Like, the big thing about space is infinity. So, like, if it really is infinite, then there has to be other life. You know, it may be millions of light years away, but I'd say yes. And then I recently just saw that, like, they found phosphine in Venus's, I don't know if you guys saw this, but in Venus's clouds, and phosphine's, like, only created by life on Earth. So they say, well, how could phosphine be created on Venus if there wasn't life? So that was pretty interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, my feeling is for sure there's other life out there. I did not see that. That's interesting. And I actually was reading before this that when you look at the universe as a whole, there's actually more planets and stars out there than there are grains of sand on every beach on planet Earth. So I'm with you there. I think absolutely there. I mean, the possibilities there and the saying that there isn't life on other planets is it's almost arrogant to me because how can you say that if you if you look at it from that perspective, how many different planets there are and how much we don't know? I think that absolutely. And and it kind of goes back to the Venus stuff that Kate was just saying. We don't necessarily know what other life means. So the only life form we really know is what we know on planet Earth. So when they say that there could be life on Venus, well, what necessarily does that mean? Does that mean single cell, which in this case, yes, it would be um, or something along those lines. Or when we think about it in the sci-fi realm, aliens, these different life forms. So it is really interesting. And that'll be something I would guess that in our lifetime, yes, we will experience other life out um, in space, but it's not necessarily going to be what we have always envision it to be in this alien form yeah that's that's a good point i mean the single cell organisms you're right like there's a chance that those are the closest to us and the reason we haven't come in contact with them is because we're far superior and advanced so you know they're not doing their job to reach to us so yeah i mean it makes sense that it's just a possibility we're the most advanced being within you know reachable distance but or, or maybe we're the least advanced and these other forms are so advanced that they don't <laughs> even see it worth reaching out to us. There's a lot of different possibilities. And obviously you hear all these space guys talk, you hear Elon Musk talk, um, astronauts, all that. But they just they say that it could come down to the fact that we may not be very advanced in the grand scheme of things. Because you have to look at space as just this vacuum that has existed basically forever and we're this very very small speck in it so even if there aren't life forms out there in the like relatively close or near vicinity to us right now there definitely have been at some point and it just it goes to show that the possibilities really are endless okay so i have a bit of an age-old question for both of you here um dealing with aliens so the question's always been if we are visited by aliens who are way more intelligent, way more technologically advanced, do they take us over and completely just wipe us out? Or is it kind of like how we interact with like, like chimps and, and animals in the wild where they're just there and, you know, don't really pay much mind to them other than they coexist with us? Kate, what are we thinking? 
Well, I like to think that they would just let us coexist. But, you know, <laughs> it depends. I mean, they, maybe they're already here. I hate to be a Christian on the show, but maybe there already are aliens that have inhabited our. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's Christian. Yeah. yeah. Maybe seriously, you, you, we'll never know. We could never know, and you guys will never know either. That's just horrible of you. All right, so this kind of leads into our next topic, which can go a million different ways, but space travel. So obviously we know what we're capable of now, but there are a lot of possibilities moving forward. What, from what you guys have read, looked into, do you see as possibilities and what would be just absolutely bizarre concerning space travel if we were able to achieve it? Either one of you take it away. Yeah, okay. I, I guess I can start here with the fact that space travel has, and I guess entertainment in general has done this, but movies and everything like that has kind of warped what people see as space travel. And the movie that comes to my mind is Interstellar. Now, obviously, Interstellar seems to be a pretty accurate depiction, and a lot of scientific people have considered it an accurate depiction. But that would be what is portrayed in interstellar would be very far down the line from what we are experiencing right now. So space travel right now, I'd say, and we kind of discussed it with Mars. Mars is probably the peak of what we can accomplish right now. Going much further past that, that's when you get into the legitimate, like deep um, realms of space, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mars would be our most like attainable goal as of now with like the technology we have, you know, Elon Musk has put billions of dollars and like, he can't even figure out how to get to Mars yet. So we've made huge strides obviously in the past, like 50, 60 years, but I think Mars is the most attainable goal being like the closest planet, you know? Right. Well, and I think one thing we have to consider is, in order for us to get the technology to do like deep space travel, that's going to happen at like the snap of the finger. So yes, obviously we have to take baby steps and we go to Mars, but you know, if we can figure out some wacko way to warp a black hole and travel through it, like (laughs) that, that opens everything up. Right. So that's not just, we're not just talking, okay, now we're going to, you know, the, the next closest galaxy, like the possibilities from that, are going to be exponential, right? Yeah. Yeah. The thing about space is that it is so infinite that obviously there's not really any way for our minds to perceive the idea of us exploring a whole bunch of it. Because, yeah, when it comes down to it, we really don't know much about space at all. And this just, it leaves so many possibilities open. But also, we're not... Like, as a race, we're not very smart as a human race in figuring out possibilities and how we could explore these different vacuums. So, like you said, if there was a way we could get to, I don't know, travel through a black hole or just other possibilities that our minds couldn't even conceive right now, that would allow for so much in the future. Obviously, right now, that may not be attainable. Right. Well, but on the black hole thing, like, I was reading something and basically Einstein's like theory is that if you go through a black hole, you know, you you could potentially travel to another dimension, which is, yeah, that just is a mind, mind blower. But time travel, traveling to another dimension, if we could attain that, that would be crazy. But 
no one knows because you can't send anything into a black hole and get it back. So, well, that just opens up the discussion <laughs> of like a multiverse, different, like different dimensions. I don't even know how you'd say that, but like, I guess anything's possible. That's the thing. Yeah. Anything could yeah. be possible. You can't technically disprove it. Right. I don't so, even know what that would mean to go to another dimension, you know, like, well, no, there'd be, yeah. there'd be another you out there. Yeah. <laughs> That like was 2D or 4D, or something, <laughs> something like that. So a hypothetical for you, um, you know, say we keep being the idiots that we are, and the climate starts to get destroyed. Earth is going down as we know it. Let's say you're in your, you know, 60s, maybe 70s. What percent would scientists have to give you of a guarantee that if you're gonna go into that black hole, you're gonna pop out? into a nice positive universe and everything's just in hand what percentage do they have to give you a guarantee that you make it that you hop on that ship and go or maybe not even ship something. i'd say they could give me a 50 percent guarantee and i'd probably go if earth was where it's headed in 50 years then i would definitely go because what's worse dying of like in a radioactive bomb or just sending yourself into a black hole getting spaghettified and then who cares what i i guess i don't exactly. know exactly yeah well the thing i i just kind of go back to hoping that techno technology will just continue to advance to a point because you have to look over the past like 50 60 years where technology was and where it will be um so i just hope by 50 60 years down the road this is obviously won't be solved with all the climate change issues because the earth is going to change. There's earth is ultimately going to be fine. It's going to be us that aren't fine. Um, but you'd hope that 50, 60 years down the road, um, there will be some sort of way to where we can alter the direction of where earth is headed with the climate stuff. But I would say that if you can give me you can give me a 30% chance. Wow. I'm risking it all. Because I'm 60, 70 30? years old. I'm already at that point in my life where it's like, okay, like I've, I've seen a lot. I've experienced a lot. I might as well just try something else out at this point. If it works out, it works out. Great. If it doesn't work out, I've already lived for 65, 70 years. So that's where I'm at right now. I mean, I may even say, if you can give me a 20% chance, <laughs> that's how risky I'm feeling today. Wow. I mean – that's fair though, because I guess you know you got to figure if Earth's going down, you can still ride it out for another 50, 60 years where maybe the living conditions aren't great, but human life still exists, right? Yes. So yes. yeah, I mean you'll go down in the history books, like you'll be there, the guy that went or girl that went into the black hole. I mean that that would be pretty cool. I'm gonna I'm not gonna be as radical as you. I'm pushing more towards the 40 to 50% range. You have to give me 20% Christian. That's just, I mean, <laughs> that's two, risky. that's eight out of 10 times. You're not making it. Hey, but the two out of 10 times. And then at this point, if we really want to talk about it with all the multi-dimension multiverse stuff, maybe in the eight out of 10 times that I don't make it, I get involved in some kind of multiverse. I, I don't even know where my mind's going right now. My mind's off jumble but i don't know i just feel like i was going to say something smart and it wasn't going to come out that way yeah, but that, maybe that i'd live somehow with you <laughs> that does happen with you so i guess wrapping it back here um question about the moon so there's been some recent i guess discussions about going back to the moon between a couple of different countries yeah to you guys what would be the benefit of 
the United States going back to the moon? And if they do go back, what would you like to see this time? Because obviously, you know, Kate, I believe you heard the episode, Christian, we talked about this. A lot of people out there don't even think the moon's real. They yeah. thought the landing was fake. So if you had to lecture that ast- or group of astronauts going to the moon, what are you telling them? Absolutely, this needs to be done when you go there. Well, for me, I don't really see a huge benefit to going to the moon again, but I'm not a disbeliever in the moon. So I would say to convince the dumb people of America that don't believe in the moon that like some live footage, you know, maybe like some bring something back that like could only prove you're on the moon. That's the only thing. But I mean, we've been to the moon, so I don't see a huge benefit other than convincing the people that it's actually true. Like, obviously, like say. Well, what do you say to the people who think the moon is a projection? What about those people? <laughs> I don't have many words <laughs> to say to those people. Yeah, there's but... no saving those people. Yeah. They're long gone. Well, the big one is the flag, right? Isn't that everyone's argument that the the way gravity works on the moon, the flag shouldn't have looked the way that it did? So I guess for me... I, again, yes, I would ask for some live footage. And man, I mean, with the technology we have, get get all the flat earthers on a Zoom call. Just right. walk them through the whole process. Make them, make them all sit down in a room and they just watch for those few months while we go to the moon. What do you think of that, Christian? Okay, well... And you yes, might be in that I, group. Yeah, I could, yeah, I may just be in that group. But like Kate said, I don't think there is a ton of benefit to going back to the moon. But at the same time, with where technology is now, where it was 50 years ago, um, I think it could be beneficial in some ways just to, I don't know, be able to gather more information in general. But I think it's just interesting the fact that there's been such a wide gap between sending humans to the moon in the first place. Um, This was achieved, what, like 51, 52 years ago. And I mean, quote, if I'm wrong, maybe I am wrong, but I don't think we've been back since. and that, that's just interesting to me in general, because it seems like that was accomplished. It showed so much momentum in the space race and just exploring space and seeing what's out there in general. But there's just kind of been like a dead period almost. And I guess dead period isn't the right way to say it, because there has been so much accomplished. Um, but just now, 50 years later, this idea of going to the moon and human space travel in general is coming back. I think it's been interesting that it's been gone for so long. Yeah, and it might help, like you said, in the realm of data, right? Like, collect some more samples on the moon, see, you know, whatever it is they're trying to look into now, astrophysicists and that group of people. If it's something for those purposes, sure. You know, maybe you send people to the moon. Maybe you send something like a rover to the moon, but a more advanced rover that can collect more samples, can, you know, run more tests in in the actual time that it's there. I can see that is being beneficial but i to me the biggest reason to go back is basically just throw the middle finger at the flat earthers that would be the biggest biggest one for me all right so i've got a question and this this could be for kate um but are you like generally aware have you done any research on the voyager mission in general or those two missions in general which is it's basically the rovers they've sent out they sent them out in like the 70s and i think they're still going they're just a deep space rover Um, And I think there were two of them, but I found those super cool because we actually back in the seventies, when those were launched, um, we put on like a bunch of human 
just, mm-hmm. I guess, artifacts, ways to call it. So if they were ever found, I think there's like a record, uh, a CD on there too, if they were ever found by any other life forms that I guess they would know the humans exist, human culture exists. I always found those super interesting because we, we've talked this whole episode about how we haven't really ventured off that far into space as humans. But the other day, I was it just reminds me every time I was reading an article, and I think the first Voyager just officially got like a light day away from from Earth, one single light day in 50 years. Um, and to reach like a light week or something, it would be another absurd amount of time. And obviously to reach a light year would have to be going for the next 10,000 years. Just the vastness of space and shows, it's just, it's mind blowing, mind blowing to me. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I've heard of the Voyager, but I haven't looked into it too much. But a light day in 50 years is, and like how many light years away is Mars? Like pretty yeah, well, far, but I guess obviously a rocket like projecting but that's funny though a cd uh, if alien i wonder what cd it is because if aliens well, found it what are they listening to Who knows? Well, i think it was like a compilation it's not i think like elvis is on there i think uh-huh. like like the jackson five could be on there just a, a bunch like that but it's super cool to think that that was sent out thinking aliens may or may not find it obviously probably not but who knows well and the other interesting thing about that is when does it get found if it does get found because if we're talking like you know a hundred plus years from now that yeah. doesn't that's not gonna accurately depict our society at all right like that's it's gonna be so outdated that the aliens or life forms that find it aren't really gonna have a good idea of what earth is because it's gonna be technologically way past that at that point they yeah. should just make another one and put this podcast on. I think the aliens wow. would appreciate that. <laughs> just to show the peak of human existence. <laughs> yeah. But another question, what if vice versa? So what if we have one sent to us? Oh. How oh. freaked out are we if we find one where, you know, in that time capsule, they are technologically more advanced than us now. And that's given that it's probably been traveling for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. Now that would be freaky. Well, even more, like, it could be even more than think of it. We're traveling for thousands of years or something crazy like that. We have probably no way of knowing. And there's been plenty of uh, movies on stuff like this. But to find some kind of alien artifact that had been traveling for so long, yeah, I think that would scare a lot of people. Yeah. So in terms of space... Why do you think it is that, obviously us three are pretty interested in it, not to say that we know a lot about it, but we like to read about it, like to learn about it. How is it that people do not find space and space stories fascinating? What what are they missing here, Christian? And maybe you can speak to this, because I feel like, you know, Naperville has a good population of these people, but they just don't, they don't care about space. All right. So first of all, I don't appreciate the Naperville slander. Um, second of all, I, I'd say that it's just kind of, I feel like some people, okay, I don't really know how to say this, but space is something that's so vast, so expansive, and so hard for even the smartest people on earth to comprehend. 
I feel like some people just don't even want to waste their time with it. They're just like, you know what? This is just going to hurt my brain. I don't want to take, I, I just, I don't really care. I, I care about what is here on earth around me. And I guess that's fine. I guess that's, um, that's a fine way to live your life and just kind of be in the present with things. But at the same time, it's like, I've always been someone who loves just the idea of the unknown. So just, uh, I guess, learn more about space, even though there is so much unknown about it has always been super cool to me. Agreed. I, one question that I always throw out, I'm sure you guys have heard me ask, but what do you think is scarier, space or the ocean? Because I I use that as like a, I don't know, gauge. A lot of people say the ocean, but I think if you think deeper that space is scarier, like your gut instinct is the ocean just because it's so close to home. Oh, we've only discovered 5% of the ocean in this, but like, the thought to me of infinity and space is like, if you really get yourself thinking in there, you're going to freak yourself out because it's so scary and freaky. Where like the ocean, you're like, well, it's on our planet, you know, so. Absolutely. I think to that, what people are saying to that question with the ocean being scarier is kind of what you described, where is it's more of, I wouldn't even say an immediate threat because we kind of control whether or not you know we interact with the ocean right to some extent i mean so it is scary that we know very little about that and you know you talked about the deepest parts of the ocean what the hell lives down there what's going on sure it's scary but yes to your point when you start thinking about space as a whole like we know so 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 little about space and the capabilities that could be going on you know, outside of this galaxy, to me, is a lot freakier than, you know, what we might find at the the rock bottom of the ocean, right? Yeah, you also have to just consider the fact that space is so unpredictable. And that's to me why it's scary, just because anything could really, there are so many different little variables that could happen at any second that could just wipe out everything. And obviously the odds of that are very small, but you got asteroids flying around. You got all these different rocks. You got the sun with like a, which could have like a solar pulse or something like that. Wipe us out. You have just anything. I mean, just things we couldn't even conceive that could just happen. And then, then it's all over. Um, Mm -hmm. Where, yeah, like you were saying, Easton, it's a little bit more controlled when it comes to the ocean and kind of going into the ocean or whatever. Yeah. And one more question here. What do you guys know or have read about? There's a recent phenomenon that they're talking about with us polluting space, basically, um, which is companies, countries, whatever, putting so much junk in space that we're like basically clogging up right outside of Earth so much that it's actually could be a huge potential danger to us, not just in terms of like, you know, space debris flying down if a satellite gets taken out, but uh-huh. just throwing the throwing everything off that's naturally occurring out there. What have you guys, I guess, read about that? And is that concerning to you? Yeah, yeah I think that is concerning to me. I mean, I think, are they sending like garbage out? I guess. Well, I so it, but. from what I've understood, it's, they could be, but it's basically companies and countries sending out like so many different satellites and ways to basically bounce signals from space back to the earth that it's getting so crowded out there that the chances of 
like Christian said, like an asteroid hitting something or even two satellites maybe running into each other and then you have to deal with whatever falls from that. To me, that's a little scary. Well, it just comes down to the idea of humans always finding a way to mess things up. So in this case, yes, we've polluted Earth enough. Now we have to start polluting space. Uh, and yeah, that is what it comes from. It just comes from all the satellites. And I think just old satellites and stuff like that and the debris starting to add up up there. And I think it's actually I've read stuff where now astronauts who are going to like the space station, stuff like that. It's actually getting dangerous because there's just so much stuff flying around at such a high speed. Obviously, if you get hit by that, you're done. And then if something were to enter the Earth's atmosphere, it could also just be like a man-made um, meteorite. And obviously, that's another just way that we've messed things up. So, yeah, it, it, it can get dangerous in that aspect. Um, but it's just interesting that it has come to that point. Yeah, we as humans definitely have a tendency to mess, mess things up. But I guess we have to figure out a way to, like, get things back. I think that's, like, we've been so interested in going out like how Elon Musk said the people that go may not return it's like yeah we have to figure out a way to bring things home I think if we're gonna be sending so much out absolutely and I mean he's the one that's kind of pioneered the first rocket to go to space and return landing successfully and being able to relaunch again if I'm not mistaken um that was just in this past year that they successfully launched a space rocket and they were able to land it to relaunch it again because, you know, usually when you launch a rocket into space, it comes back down, everything, and everyone lands in the ocean, and then, you know, it's in pieces. You can't use it again. You have to completely rebuild. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the way we'll have to go about things is finding, A, rockets that can do that, and B, you know, either rockets or other devices that can bring those satellites back down if we need or whatever the hell everyone else is putting up there. Um, because we can't just keep doing it. Like if it's already a problem now, um, if we keep polluting right outside of the atmosphere, like eventually we're going to run out of room as crazy as that sounds. hundred percent. Okay. So I guess one of the last directions I want to go with this, and I guess I could ask you both, but I want to start with Kate. Is there just a space fact or something that you've learned about space in general throughout your life? I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot here, but is there something that stands out where like this has always been the most intriguing idea or a little tidbit to me? um, And you've always just kind of had that. The one thing it kind of segues into our next topic, but black holes. I've always been so like I've read so much about black holes and like spaghettification is like the craziest thing. Like they say that when you go through like a black hole, you you would basically be like pulled to putty and spaghettified <laughs> before you reach like the next dimension. So it's so interesting. I'm like, say it does lead you to another dimension or to, or you time travel. It's like, will you be put, get back together the way that you started? Would you just like be all yeah. like jumbled around? Would your DNA be like, you know what I mean? So black holes is definitely something that gets me thinking always. Yeah, I mean, you you honestly kind of stole mine, and I guess to kind of bounce off that, and we already talked about the movie, but Interstellar and the idea of basically being in a time warp where you can interact with either a previous time or, uh, you know, a time in the future, maybe, 
is really crazy for me to think about. And it's also not, you know, some people are just blind to basically saying we can't go to the past. We can't go to the future. It's not going to happen. Well, the way time works, that actually is technically possible um, when you talk about differing levels of gravity. So to me, that's kind of the coolest thing about space is that the laws we know here on Earth are completely different out there. And it opens up just like endless possibilities of messing with time, space, travel, all of that super interesting to me. And a lot of that potentially could occur in black holes. So that's why I go back to that. But what's yeah. yours, Christian? Yeah, so just kind of working off of the black hole idea in general, to me, what's so interesting about them is that they can just be the size of one little speck of an atom. Or they can just be this super massive, just, yeah, thing we, that is so large, bigger, 20 times, 30 times bigger than the sun or anything else. Um, I just think that's super interesting to me how just this, this little speck of that is the size of an atom has the mass like 20 times the size of the sun. The fact that it can hold all of that. Um, once again, and I've said it in this episode, my, my brain is easily blown by all this stuff and it's just a lot, but to think that that's possible is, is just mind blowing. Yeah, it, it is. And a, a hot take, I guess, is that I actually think in the Milky Way that we have multiple black holes that we don't know about. So that was something I was yeah. kind of reading before the episode is there is the possibility that we have black holes that exist in our galaxy. And like you talked about, Christian, mm -hmm. they can differ so much in size that it might be hard for us to even know that they're there. But, you know, one day we could wake up and see on the news that, you know, <laughs> a bunch of matter just got consumed in yeah. space, you know, a couple light years down the road. So to me, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I was reading just, that too, Easton. Like, we, ha we know about the one big black hole you know like a star whatever they want to call it uh -huh. the center of the milky way but they estimate that there could be thousands more just smaller that aren't like consuming the matter at the rate that like a star is so it you can't see them basically yeah which is freaky <laughs> so folks to wrap this up i got one last thing and kate i'll be honest with you a roommate of yours that I may or may not be in a relationship with <laughs> is just not into space. And it's it's been a huge uh. block. So so listen, <laughs> how do how do us three right here on this podcast raise space awareness and get people to understand the importance of this? Do we need to do we start a movement? Is there a hashtag we can throw out there? Like it to me, this is just so interesting that it's a disservice to people that that can't get into it. Not to call you out, Savannah Smith. <laughs> you know Mars? yeah she is my roommate and i've tried to get my roommates in on the space talk they're not really about it but that's okay um but yeah we do need to raise i think if people let themselves go there like with their mind you know like read about it learn about it then like they wow. have they have to be interested they have to be but i think okay. it's just so easy to be like ah space because it is very complex like obviously i don't understand a single thing i'm just very like interested in it right and so yeah i guess we need a hashtag that's that's, uh, that's Barzi, you're the comm major here what uh, yeah. what are we doing how are we making this happen 
get the brain flowing a little bit. You're here. saying how how are we making just the awareness of space in general? Yeah, absolutely. How how okay. How are we making this happen? Okay. Um I would say we need to make space less intimidating. I would say that's the first thing we have to accomplish. Because like I was saying, I think the reason why space just kind of turns people off is because it's just a whole lot of nothingness. And it's super intimidating. Um, So I think if we could just kind of bring space back down to earth a little bit, no pun intended, um, it it would just, I think that could go a long way. Because there is so much interesting about space um, that the normal, just someone could relate to that maybe isn't super interested in it. And I think that is just the thing about it. If we could find a way to make space just less complex to people, I think we could get the hashtag going off of that. That's what my comm major brain could come up with right there. Right. Um, that's my idea right here. Here's what I'm thinking. All right. So, what you, okay. You're going to say it, something stupid. I already uh, know. No, 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 no. <laughs> so to the listeners out there that didn't know, Christian Barzi has now dabbled into the career of modeling. He's got <laughs> some. Go. He's got some great pictures. Uh, Here we go. I encourage him to post them everywhere. He's looking good in them. So, Christian, Appreciate let me it, let me propose this to you. Yeah, I'm listening. Once you blow up and get big, and you're on the cover of everything, what do you think about bringing it back <laughs> oh, home man. and doing a space themed photo shoot to wow. raise awareness about space? What do you think? I mean, I'm all in on that. I think uh, I think that could be a very good outlet for getting people all involved with space. And I want both of you involved with that photo shoot, too. You guys got to promise me that. Uh, I don't know what we'd be dressing up in. Um, maybe these astronaut outfits, alien <laughs> outfits. I don't know. Anything we could do to bring awareness to this in general, I think it'd go a long way. So, Easton, that's one of the better ideas you've ever had, and I appreciate yeah. that. Um and now, now I'm going to be thinking about that. We got some time. We got some time because I'm a nobody right now. We got some time to think about it. Hey, for now, just start. Maybe get some get some space tattoos on the body. Um, we'll yeah. get into it. It'll be like a Hollister photo shoot. I was thinking maybe just some jeans, leave the shirt off, space away. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was actually going to wear my NASA shirt today. I forgot to, but that's one of my favorite shirts and Shame on me for not remembering, but we could throw some NASA tire in there as well. Perfect. Perfect. All righty. Well, it was a great episode and we got deep. There's plenty more to talk about with space, but Kate, thank you for coming on and, and giving your wonderful insight as the first official guest on You Wouldn't Get It. The very thank first official guest. And I will say this, you're also going to be the very first official guest to be live and in person with Easton, his Barzi rating today. Oh. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, I'm going to, after I give mine, I'm going to ask Kate give one as well. Because, you know, oh, it's okay. only fair Here that we, we play the law of averages. See where Here we're we at. Uh, Barzi, today you were all right. You weren't bad. You brought up some good topics. A couple cold takes here and there, but nothing that stood out to me. Yeah, Again, man. as with the previous episode, you know, you didn't light me on fire at any point. Fair. I'm going 6.8 today. That's that one. That one stings a little bit. It, it's a, it's a little an bit. average performance. I'll go a little higher. I'll give him an 8.7. Let's I go. Oh, let's right go. at the end, the <laughs> yeah. hashtag bring space back down to earth. I think that's a winner. I think I think bring that's space back up. down to earth. And that's I'll tell you what. We gotta fire that up. I'll yeah. tell you what, Barzi. If you follow through 
with this space photo shoot. I'll take my words back on this episode and I'll put you above an eight five. So all right. Go, sleep enough. on that tonight. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right. And with that, we'll take it home. I appreciate like you like Easton said, Kate, we appreciate you coming on the show. Should be available on all the platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Go check it out there. And we hope you guys enjoyed another episode and we will see you next week.